In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fellow redeemed, following the birth of a child, I think there comes a moment where a parent begins to realize, there's nothing I wouldn't do for this child to care for him, to protect him, to provide for him, to love him. Even placing this child's need before my own. Certainly, following the birth of my children, I felt this way, and I wouldn't be surprised if you parents felt the same way as well. This is part of the blessings of children. Children are means that God uses to turn us away from sinfully loving ourselves to living in love toward those around us. God places us in the vocation of parents because through parents, a father and a mother, God cares for children. And so it is that the needs of a child then come before our own. And nothing draws this out like that of an illness. If our child is sick or hurt, we would do anything within our power to help them. And we see an example of this uh, in our gospel for this morning. Here, a mother's daughter is oppressed by a demon. Now, we're not told of the effects that it had on this girl, but we could assume it must have been pretty awful. Throughout the pages of Scripture, demonic possession left individuals blind and mute. It left people violent, even to the point of cutting themselves with stones. It brought about seizures on individuals, often throwing themselves into fire and water, trying to kill them. And so it is in desperation that this mother goes to Jesus in order to have her daughter healed. And it's in her action with Jesus where we're confronted with something that we wouldn't expect from Jesus. And yet our text teaches us an important lesson on how God deals with us. St. Matthew writes, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now with these words, we find out that this woman wasn't a Jew. She was a Canaanite. She was a descendant of an Old Testament race that Israel was ordered to exterminate in the Promised Land because of their idol worship. And yet this woman doesn't care about her ancestry. The circumstances in her life have stripped her of any notion that she could rescue herself or her daughter for that matter. And so without any merit or worthiness on her part, she comes to Jesus Praying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now with these words, this woman confesses that Jesus is the promised Messiah. He is the promised Christ, the one who would come and redeem man from sin and death and the devil. And it's here... 
where the surprises begin. This woman called Jesus Lord. She addressed him as the son of David. She begged him, prayed to him to help her daughter, and yet Jesus doesn't answer her a word. Jesus ignores her. Doesn't that seem strange to you? We don't expect Jesus to do this. Jesus is love. He's full of compassion. And yet, in this instance, Jesus doesn't seem to care about this woman or her desperate situation. And yet, this doesn't stop the woman. Apparently, she continues to cry out to Jesus to the point where the disciples beg Jesus, send her away, for she is crying out after us. They wanted Jesus to heal this woman's daughter, not because they had compassion on this woman and the daughter, but because they wanted to get rid of her. They were annoying her. And surprisingly, Jesus doesn't rebuke them for their lack of compassion. In fact, he answers, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, with these words, Jesus is setting forth the order of God's salvation. Jesus came first as Israel's Messiah. He was the fulfillment of God's promise to Israel. In this, Canaanite woman wasn't Israelite. She had no genetic ties to Abraham and his descendants. Now, it's at this point where we would think the woman should just give up. Go home. Continue despairing over her daughter's condition. And yet there are two things driving this woman forward. First, wants to get help for her daughter. And second, she believed Jesus is the one who could do it. Falling down on her knees before Jesus, she prays, Lord, help me. Prayer's getting even shorter, just begging Jesus, help me. Given this woman's persistence, surely Jesus would help her now, right? Well, no. He answers, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Yes, you heard right. Jesus just called this woman a dog. It's not too difficult to relate to this woman's experience, is it? There are many times where we go before God asking Him for help. Maybe it's on uh, account of something that we need. Maybe we're praying for those we love and care about. We pray and pray, and yet sometimes it seems as if nothing happens. And sometimes it seems as if things only get worse. It's in these moments where we're attempted To give up. We're led to believe, if God is ignoring me, why even pray? He must not love me. Or even possibly, maybe he isn't even there at all. The woman certainly faced this temptation, didn't she? Jesus ignored her. He didn't come for her, as he said. He even called her a little dog. And yet... This woman didn't turn away. To Jesus calling her a dog, she responds, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. 
In faith, this woman asserts that Jesus' grace and power are so great that even the smallest crumb of his work was more than enough to heal her daughter. She clung to Jesus. She wouldn't let go of him no matter what she saw. To this, Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Fellow redeemed, what is it that kept this woman coming to Jesus, asking him for help? What is it? It's the word of God. She had heard the word about Jesus. She had heard that he was the son of David, the one who had healed the sick and cast out demons. She had heard that he was the promised Messiah, the one who had come to redeem man from sin and death and the devil. She had heard this word of God and she believed it. She took hold of that word and clung to it in faith, no matter what it seemed Jesus would say or do. And like this woman, you too have heard the word of God. Through the proclamation of the word of God, you've heard that Jesus is the Son of God, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Through the proclamation of the word of God, you've heard that he is without sin, and yet he bore in his very flesh your sin so that he could offer himself up on the cross in your place. And by his death on the cross, our Lord has redeemed you from sin and has freed you from its condemnation of death. You've heard the word of God. And yet it doesn't stop there either. While Jesus was crucified for our trespasses, he was raised for our justification, Risen from the dead on the third day, Jesus lives. And because he lives, he proves that he's won the victory over sin and death and the devil. Through him, there is forgiveness, life, and salvation. And he did all of this for you. This word about Jesus is what we cling to. What we trust in no matter what we experience in this life. There are times in life when it seems like God is treating us the same way He treated this woman in the text. But as Luther writes, this was written for all of our comfort and instruction so that we may know how deeply God hides His grace from us so that we would not consider Him according to our perception but thinking, but strictly according to His Word. God allows us to experience times like this in our lives so that we may grow in our Christian faith, in order that we may trust in Him alone. He forces us to ignore what we see with our eyes, what we feel with our hearts, and instead He would have us look to Him, to trust in what he says to us through his word. These times aren't always pleasant. They're not always 
what we want, and yet our Heavenly Father wants to draw us closer to Himself. And for this to happen, the old Adam in us must be crucified. We must be stripped away of all of our sinful pride, our self-sufficiency, of our indifference toward God and His Word. Yet the God who does this is also the God who gave His Son unto death for you. So as St. Paul writes in his letter to the Romans, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Not only did he give him up unto death, but he raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus' resurrection is the great amen to his victory over sin and death and the devil. It's to this that we turn in faith, no matter what circumstances look like. We do this because in Christ, God has given us his love. That will carry us through all of the challenges in life to the day where he will bring himself Bring us to himself, so that we would live with him forever and ever and ever. God be praised. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.